You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's recap a dramatic playoff game between the Falcons and the Eagles on Saturday with our friend DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, thank you for taking the time. So as we sum up the conclusion of that game, what would you make of the play calling in that sequence by Steve Sarkeesian with the game on the line? The shovel pass was certainly a non-traditional option. Yeah, I thought that second down call was one that uh, I thought could have been used in a different way. Um, I understand you're trying to get Julio Jones, you know, your best playmaker on the team, on the field, uh, three shots at it, which they did. But I thought the way the game was going, Tevin Coleman was a guy who was really finding some way with his defense, running the football. He had a great day running the football. I thought, okay, on first down, you throw the fade to Julio, you give him a chance, it doesn't work. Okay, it's second down from the nine-yard line, and you still have two timeouts. Here's a chance for you to try to squeak in a run right there when most defenses during that time, as Cordell knows as well, when you're that close to the end zone, they play that kind of end of the back line, end of the front line kind of defense, and you can possibly pop a run in there, and Tevin Coleman was doing really well. So I thought that was a chance to do that. Uh, the third down call them slant. They probably wish he wouldn't have called it. It would have gave him more room to work there at the nine-yard line for the fourth down play. But the sprint out, I thought, was kind of you know kind of questionable as well because as a as a guy in that ball game who was really moving well inside the pocket, I thought giving Matt Ryan the chance to have full field to be able to work that defense, and he did a good job moving inside the pocket throughout that game. Maybe he could have made a play with his legs or try to create a play instead of him sprinting out and you cut off half of the field. And I know you're trying to give your guy a chance at the play there at the end. Uh, I just thought. If you would have gave Matt another chance to have three, four receivers and have the full field to work with, maybe the outcome could have been a little bit different. But uh, you let me learn from it, and you know I know they want to give Julio a chance, and they did that. DJ, in the second half, correct me if I'm wrong, was there nine carries for 36 yards? I think somewhat the yep. same scenario we, we had again from last year in the Super Bowl. You look at this team, they what did they do in the second half? Uh, they couldn't stop the run or stop the offense of New England, so they kept them out on the field for a long time. To me, the, the Falcons' defense looked gassed. And then all of a sudden, they didn't run the football to try to control or get some form of momentum. You know, it, is it Steve Sarkeesian or is it Dan Quinn? Who is it? Because it's the same thing again, different coordinator. Well, you know what, you bring up a good point because there was a moment in that game where – Opposite of what happened last week when they played the Rams, they came out in the third quarter and they had the ball for eight minutes or so going into that third quarter and kind of gassed the Rams defense. And I thought Philly came out and did kind of the similar same thing. And if you remember, Brooks Reed goes down at probably about the five or six-yard line, which kind of stops the momentum of Philadelphia right there. And they end up kicking a field goal. So that was a good point in the game where they were gassed. They got the timeout and were able to hold Philly's offense, I should say, so now it's only 10 to 15. You give your offense a chance. And in that second half, it was tough to run the football. You know, Devontae wasn't himself in that ball game. They really stifled him. I uh, said Tevin made some few plays here and there. But I thought they felt as though they could win the ball game throwing the football, and they wanted to keep the ball in uh, their best player's hand, which is Matt Ryan, and trying to distribute the football. So it, it's a combination of, uh, yeah, some of the play calling, you could say it's suspect at times, but – uh, I think it ultimately comes down to execution. That's kind of been the issue all year long is you've had execution issues on offense. And then the red zone woes. It's been just crazy that you haven't been able to score touchdowns in the red zone. And this game was similar where uh, Philadelphia really kind of gifted you those 10 points with the two turnovers. 
early in the ball game, and after that, you will kind of stifle. DJ Shockley is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. DJ, where do you think Matt Ryan is at this stage of his career? MVP last season, his numbers dip this year. Well, I think coming off last year's season, you kind of expected him to take a dip. I mean, what he did last year was pretty, pretty sight unseen the way he went out and played and put up the numbers. You, you thought this year he would go down some. Uh, I still believe Matt is one of the, the top quarterbacks in this league. Uh, he plays like it. He's, he's kept his team in tons of ball games this year. He's made plays for them. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have to win those big games when they matter. And I think that's the biggest thing that's holding Matt back now is, yeah, he's won playoff games, he's won MVP, he's made it to the Super Bowl, but he hasn't gotten his team over that hump. And until he does that, people still are going to look at Matt and not say he's an elite guy who belongs in the same class as some of the other guys who won Super Bowls. But until he does that, uh, I think he'd still be looked at in that kind of like. Does Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator, leave to go to Seattle and fill that vacancy? No, I think they're really invested in Sarkeesian right now, especially in the first year. And I think the blueprint of what happened, I know they're two different type of guys, but the blueprint, I think, has been set for with this style of offense that they need at least two years to get acclimated to the style in which Sarkeesian is going to call plays. And they did that with Kyle. Their first year, they kind of struggled. Kyle Shanahan. Then the second year, they kind of took off. And I'm hoping that that's kind of a similar thing. And obviously there's been a lot of talk about Sarkeesian going to Seattle, but I expect him to still be in Atlanta and be a big part of what they're doing because I don't think they want their quarterback going into their left year, 11th year in the league, having to have a different coordinator come in in less than three years. So we have three coordinators in you know the last three or four years. I don't think they want that to happen and trying to work from you know ground up again with him and trying to rebuild that kind of relationship with a new offensive coordinator. Spotlighting the Falcons with DJ Shockley. DJ, now the offseason for this team has started. What are the club's priorities when it comes to contracts and free agency? Like last year, we are talking about Devontae Freeman for months. Yeah, you know what? I think the biggest thing going into the offseason is definitely going to be solidifying some spots on that offensive line. They had some issues at the guard spot. Um, I know that's one big priority for them, especially going into the offseason. Um, but on the other hand, you still have everybody uh, back. I, I think the biggest next question is going to be, what do you do with Tevin Coleman uh, when it's time to talk about him? Because we've seen this year when Devontae went down, Tevin stepped in and was a, a big catalyst to keeping his offense going. And when they both are healthy, they're a dynamic duo. So that's going to be tough to see what they do with Tevin Coleman. But I think on the defense side of the ball, do you bring a Dante Polback, who was here for on a one-year deal, who I thought played pretty well toward the end of the season, uh, really was a force on the inside. You bring him back. Adrian Claiborne is another guy that we know he had a six-pack game versus Dallas, was a key catalyst on the other side of Big Beasley rushing the passer. So those are two big names up front that you have to really think about. But for the most part, they locked up their corners. They got a young stakes in Keanu Neal. Uh, both linebackers are young and can run in Deion Jones and Devondre Campbell. But uh, I think that interior up front, the trenches, is where they're really going to be looking at can they fill the void there and get some better guys there. DJ, thanks so much for all of your help again this season. You know we'll be in touch during the offseason whenever there is Falcon news. All right, fellas. I appreciate it. Appreciate y'all having me on all year. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.